podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 on this Sunday night after Liverpool yesterday have beaten Burnley by two goals to nil at Anfield. With me tonight is Grizz, Shawnee and Keith as always and um, loads and loads and loads to get through tonight. As you can see on screen, we have got uh, Liverpool 2, uh, Burnley nil, which we're definitely going to talk about. Um, a full Anfield again for the first time since March 2020. 20, if I remember right, Atletico, I think. Um, maybe, but Bournemouth, I can't remember. Um, Harvey Elliott, big, big chat on Harvey Elliott after yesterday's um, four start in the Premier League from, which was huge. And Liverpool are now two wins from two um, in the Premier League, heading into Chelsea um, oh, at home next Saturday evening at 5.30pm. Everybody's welcome. Uh, keep the stuff going in the chat. Get all your comments in there. We get to as many as we possibly can. Please hit the like button. Please subscribe if you haven't already. You know the drill. Um, lads, how are we? Shawnee, how are you, my man? At Anfield yesterday. Uh, looked like you got very, very wet at Anfield yesterday. Um, but luckily enough, the colour in your new jacket didn't run. So that was good. <laughs> yeah. Fucking never stopped choking it since, we are, since I arrived in the city. But to be honest with you, no amount of bad weather could take the shine off and just how good of a day it was yesterday to feel alive again, in a sense, just being in that situation, to be able to be in a city that I actually really, really love. It's one thing I didn't realise how much I actually missed the city of Liverpool and the yeah. people in it. And and just how gen- like the, the, the general manner of the Scousers, like I brought my nephew with me to the game yesterday and it was his first game and he was like, What's the story with this place around here? It's like everyone is your mate. Yeah, you met loads of people, didn't you? That's one of the things that I, I really I missed because that just the warm people, the scousers and the fans around the ground. And I got to meet like a few people from that they would be normally in the chat and Alex from the Cop TV and I met a couple of lads from I met uh, Gibbo from the Anfield Rap and Jay Pearson from uh, Cop IT. I'm, I'm shouting out every bleeding podcast and the, the war here at the moment, but it was just good to link up with these people and it was great. It was just absolutely brilliant to get to see the Reds and live football again and finally get back to Anfield after what, what it is a really, really long two years. Yeah, it was. Um it feels like an absolute age and you know we have trips booked over to go over to Liverpool now between now and Christmas and beyond and I, literally after seeing you was there yesterday I was like oh, I should have went yesterday and then I'm kind of going I should have gone next week and it's just like you know when you have an itch but now it's a proper itch um, Grace, you were at the game as well your jacket was from the Antiques Roadshow as opposed to a new Liverpool one um, as was going around their WhatsApp group but um Despite your lashing rain, because the weather looked horrific, um, I don't think it dampened anyone's um, experience there yesterday because for a half 12, the place looked like it was absolutely bouncing from early doors. Yeah, no, look, first I, I must address the jacket. Um, most loved it. <laughs> some hated it and some uh, didn't understand why I was wearing it. So, look, I was told to dress smart um, by the sponsors that need to give a shout out to sportsbreaks.com. Uh, who were kind enough to, to give me some tickets for the game. And I was, supposed, I was told to dress smart 
no hoodies, no trainers, no tops, uh, footy tops or nothing like that. Because um, I'd be seeing with journals. But when I went there, I saw so many people. I felt so overdressed. It was unbelievable. Like, that's an actually, that jacket, Gaff, I won't even tell you how much it's cost me, right? Eight quid. He got soaked. No, it, 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 honestly. And I, f- I felt so overdressed and out of place. Like, but it is what it is. Look, you know what I mean? You learn. Um, yeah, I, I didn't, me and Shawnee, um, I think we missed it because I just went in and then I couldn't come out of where I was until after the game. And then after the game, as you guys all saw, it was absolutely lashing it down uh, as soon as the game finished. Um, and he was on the other side of the stadium. You've you done, you done your cop TV up behind the cop, didn't you? The actual cop, just, wasn't it? There's a pub behind the cop. Just right outside the park, yeah. Yeah. And I was on the other side, so we didn't get to meet this time, but we will we, arrange something. But yeah, overall, fucking amazing. Yeah, just like what Shawnee said. So, so just happy to be there. It was like an occasion. It was just like a, a get together at Christmas, one of those ones. You know what I mean? Where you, all the family and friends are around. It was just one of those occasions. It reminded me yesterday, not only at, not only on Anfield, but you know, you look at Ellen Road, and you know, because it's the first game of fans in the Premier League at Ellen Road for nearly seventeen years, I think now. Um, and it kind of reminded me of the buzz I was kind of getting off all the different grounds as they were going around them on TV and stuff like that on, on um, you know, on Saturday and, and even today where, where teams are having their first home game. It was, it was nearly like, you know, when you see somebody get a new stadium and it's like this buzz and everyone's going around going, oh, this is bleeding great and I look at this. That's what it was like. Although you're going to Anfield or you're going to the Emirates. Well, it's not a great buzz going to the Emirates, but, um, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to, other teams that are half decent. Um, it was like that kind of everyone milling around going, this is amazing. I can't wait to get in and see what this looks like. And it was unbelievable. But Keith, um, to have fans back at Anfield, like it, it was just, I just thought it was, I just thought it was brilliant watching it yesterday. Like I was like, I'm never into the build of my matches. I literally turn around as it kicks off because of the coverage from most, most channels. But yesterday I was kind of like, yeah, get all of this in, show me everything you have. Yeah, no, it was great. You know, it's it's something we've we've spoke about on this so many times. You know, the difference that fans will make, not just for us, but you mentioned Leeds there and other teams will benefit. And, you know, it was sort of like, um, nearly like, you know, when you go out with your mates, you're all allowed out, your missus let you out um, for a night in town and you're all going in, all giddy and all that. That's what it looked like. Everybody was just sort of happy to be there. And, and the atmosphere itself was great. And the lads were lucky to be there. You know what I mean? It, it's a great... Literally. A great, um, a great game to go to the first home game after so long, and you know, so envious of the boys that he got to go. But even watching, as you said, Gab, looking at it on the TV, and you're seeing all the other stadiums and all the fans, it seems we've said this before. It seems like football again, and I know that sounds a bit um, childish because we didn't win the league or we didn't win the Champions League, all that stuff. But we we've spoke about this, you know. A lot of people fell out of love with the version of football that was there. It's already improving tenfold with crowds back, with changes to the VAR, although I'm sceptical about how that's going to work out. But, you know, the crowd is a big thing, and it's a big thing for us. And, look, it just seemed like a buzz for everybody that was there, you know. And the players react to that. And we're going to talk about the performances, and we're going to talk about, you know, players that, that maybe flourish under that sort of support. But... You know, it, it was a special day, and yeah, comparing it to a new stadium, like yeah, it is that sort of that mm. buzz. You know, a new car, a new new anything, new runners. Do you know what I mean? You're going around new runners. with <laughs> yeah. a big okay. smile on your face. You know what I mean? <laughs> new new pair of blade and uh, new pair of sizzlers on your feet. The Air Max had the good stuff, but now it's <laughs> it's um, 
no, it's great. It's it's that it's the new something new, even though it's not. It's the same thing that we've taken as Jurgen Klopp said we've taken for granted maybe in the past. Let's not take it for granted anymore. I'm sure the boys enjoyed every minute of it and soaked it all up. And mm. that's what it's all about. And yeah. look, like yourself, Gav, I'm looking to get back as well and 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 you know feel that as well because it's it's all been good looking at it from the TV. When you're there, it's a different gravy, and you know that's what we all want to do. And hopefully, they expand that stadium to 180 thousand, and we can all get tickets someday. Yeah, um, don't worry. Um, we've loads of plans to be in Liverpool loads of times this <laughs> season, so don't be worrying about it. And um, we are going to go on to the show, but before we do, I'm just going to do this. That video was courtesy of Paul Gorse from The Echo. I asked him where could he use it. He said, yeah, we're probably still going to break some copyright rules, but fuck, it was worth it, wasn't it? Um, just yeah, to watch that, to be perfectly honest with you. But Making lads, me emotional again. It was. Yeah. Loads of people asking them. We it is genuine, them and stuff it? like that. But, um, but uh, I'm, I'm thinking of doing favourite video of the week now that we can get away with um, and sticking it up <laughs> well, on it. And well, we just all watch it. One of the, the video I... Joe Matthew acting like a ice kid out, definitely should have won it anyway. The one where he gets hit in the head and he's all over the place. I noticed that live in the game and I thought I was at the falling asleep or something. I was like, what is he doing? He's off the fucking head. Yeah, he's walking around rubbing his head like he's in a Tom and Jerry cartoon or something. Yeah, it's um, Dan Dan wants me to play the clip of the Ed- Eddie had before kickoff. No, I didn't bother watching them. Um, but listen, lads, I want to get straight into it. And the first thing you up, right, um, because it's kind of, it's, it's, in fairness, it's breaking news tonight and it's that of um, Paul Joyce and others have uh, kind of announced this and it's, Liverpool have agreed a fee of 9.5 million with Leon for Jordan Shakiri. Initial bid was around 4 million, so like 9.5 million, it looks like now. Looks like personal terms were agreed a week or two ago, and, you know, um, an agreement is now in place between both clubs. Um, Grace, I'll come to you first. 
when you look at this, the first thing people are doing is, is right, like, he's gone. Um, Shakiri's gone because it was always Shakiri and it was always Origi. And if one of them goes, we're bringing somebody in. And, and the kind of murmurings coming out of journalists tonight is that, look, they have made that deal happen, 9.5 million. He's on his way to France. And the talk coming out is that they don't look like they're going to replace him or anybody. It looks like it's going to be a case of, you know, Harvey Elliott will take his place in the squad and those minutes that he Shakiri would have got this season. And Kate Gordon has been earmarked for minutes in the in in the league cup and possibly FA Cup as well. What do you make of it? Well if they if they say um he'll be replacing Shakiri minutes, I'm not quite sure, but I wonder if someone in the chat can can work out. But I think he may have overtaken his minutes already uh, by playing the full ninety. I may be wrong. Just but it would be close. So that wouldn't be much of a, a mission to play um Shaq's minutes. Um it makes sense from from that aspect. If you if you word it like that, and if you if you take it literally, that a direct replacement for Shaq is Elliot. Um, I think after yesterday, I know we're going to touch upon it, but I think from after yesterday, not many people would be disappointed if that was the case, because because this guy this guy is just he landed yesterday. He apps in my eyes anyway. He landed, and I'm not sort of being, you know, I'm not over over overacting. I think overreacting. Um, yeah, for Shaq, you know, it was inevitable. He needed to get away to play. He just wasn't going to play. He just doesn't play enough, even when he's available. He's overlooked. Um, it's interesting because, because do you remember, guys, Klopp tried to play him in a midfield three sometimes as well. Um, just the fact that he didn't think he was suited enough to, to play out wide right. He, he tried to play him in sort of exactly where Elliot played last night. Uh, uh, was it last night? Yesterday. My bearings are all over the place. But yeah, so where he's played Elliot in, in pre-season and yesterday is where he tried to play Shaq. So it kind of makes sense that, um, you know, Elliot could be his replacement, probably is his direct replacement. Um, but overall, I'd be I'd be absolutely amazed and shocked if we don't bring in someone this week. Absolutely. But yeah, fair play to Shaq. Um, you know, he's not, been a, he's not been a div like div and realised he needs to get away. Uh, and good luck to him. You know, he's he, he, how much was he? Twelve million, four million. Yeah. Fourteen his million. Goal against, Thirteen million. His goal against Man United is enough for me for that to pay back that fee. Do you remember when we were? I think we were drawing, and he came on a sub. Scored two. Uh, Scored two. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's enough for me. You know I mean, and then and we've got money back as well. So yeah, fair play to him. Good luck to Shaq. Shani, you know, it makes sense for all parties. I think this whole security move. He, he, I think he's done okay at Liverpool. I don't think he's been reliable enough. And I think that, that kills you at Liverpool if you're not reliable enough. It really does. Especially the, the level we're at. You know, going back a couple of years ago, if you weren't that reliable, i.e. Daniel Sturridge, when he came back, everyone pinned their hopes on him. You know, and then you go again and you kind of falls down after falls down. Whereas now, with the squad Liverpool have, despite a few being unreliable at times, if you're that unreliable, it kills you, Shani, and, and I think it's a good move for him. I think it's a good move for the club, but but the big question is, and I want just your opinion on this, the big question for me is, do they bring somebody in? Because I think I think all of us are in agreement that we need one, if not two, to absolutely cement this squad going into what, what is, for me, a title challenge and, and, and a push for the Champions League. Yeah, I'd say it's saying that they bring at least one in. Um, to be honest with you, I'd expect the ball to start rolling now because... Any negotiation power we might have lost by being overloaded by an unhomegrown quota, that's gone now. So we that, that's something we don't need to worry about now. So 
I'd imagine time is ticking as well on the window. I'd imagine we've we've got deals lined up and well, we're just waiting to pull the trigger on them now. But to be honest with you, Gav, after being in the stadium yesterday and watching 90 minutes of football, I really don't give a shit about transfers. Show me how little it means. Mm. When I've seen the players that we have who are back and how good that they are, it just made me realise how silly it sounds. Crowing out, crowing out for... Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that? Because the, the truth of the matter is, with the players we have there, it, it's not absolutely ne- it's not absolutely necessary. You know what I mean? But I do think we will make one more at least. Uh, I think a second one maybe will probably depend on getting a Rigi out. Uh, but yeah, Shaq, look, come in, done his job. Was only ever going to be a squad player. I, I I don't think when we signed them. I don't think anyone saw him becoming a mainstay in the starting eleven. He did have some good games. He had a couple of good spells, but he was just let down by injury. And look, the money we paid for him, I don't think anyone would have been said it was a bad move or it was ever a bad business. I think he came in, did whatever he had to do and won a couple of trophies. So, uh, yeah, all the best to him. Uh, Exactly the correct time for club and player. Uh, It's done now, so all the best to him. Absolutely, and, and it, it looks like it's done. Somebody said earlier, I put up on the screen that Leon looked like they announced it as well. Keith, do you go with this argument that, you know, Ari or Shakiri 500 and odd 51 minutes in Premier League football last season, you know, and if Harvey Elliott is earmarked for them minutes, that he'd easily do 550 and, and we're okay where we are, or do you still believe, despite what Harvey Elliott does, we need to bring somebody in? You know, not even just what Harvey Elliott does, but in midfield itself, we st- we st- for you, we still need to bring someone in. Yeah, I mean, uh, Shawnee touched on you know the, the 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 boredom of sort of transfer stuff that goes on and and the the negativity and toxicity around. That's why it came off Twitter like because of all the shit that goes on around transfers. It does your head in. It's 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 awful. But I'm saying that you know, I don't think they let Shakiri go if they didn't have something lined up. And okay. like, the, people are under the, the illusion like that. You know, Jürgen Klopp needs to cancel Divacarigi's contract, right? This show that happens. Jürgen Klopp, if we know anything about Jürgen Klopp, he will not run players out of a club, right? Shikiri went because he obviously wanted more minutes. There's no way Liverpool have run him out because Klopp has, he done away Daniel Sturridge, he done away Lallana, he done away... Uh, Lovren, you know, he, li- he done it with Moreno. If he feels a player is good around the place, he will keep him as part of the group. And that's what I think, you know, Shakiri was part of that group. And I think Shakiri wants a move. And I think they will look to replace him. The idea of Harvey uh, Elliott replacing his minutes, yeah, I mean, if we do, let's say we don't sign anybody else and we look at the squad. Well, if he replaces what, his minutes, he plays six full games. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's doable, that's I'd say. Oh, that's, that's you know? Yeah, so that, that's more than doable. But, what but that's what I'm saying, is, that, that makes the argument for a replacement because there's 38 fucking games. You know, if he plays in six of them, where where else are you going to put the minutes to work? All right, you might be, you will play more than that Harvey Elliott judging on yesterday, but overall... Yeah, but if, if, if that Shakiri's minutes out the door, well, then the, the argument would be you don't need to bring in Saul, for example, because, you know, it, it's it's a bit of a silly argument. Um, in in the sense that I just think they need minutes because you look at Genie's gone out the door, you look at Shaq gone out the door, 
and we've only brought in a centre back, you know, on a squad that's I wouldn't say it's it's bare. I don't think it's bare. Um, I think if the transfer window closes and we don't do any business, it'll be interesting to see who doesn't go now, whether Minamino, for example, stays in the squad. And if he does, and it's by choice, by Klopp, it'll be interesting to see how Klopp uses the squad. Because it's no good having Harvey Elliott, Minamino, and all these, Arigi, if he's still there, registered, let's say, to the squad. And then when Sadio and um, Mo go to the AFCON, you're just dropping these lads in for their first minutes. Well, that's you the know, thing. You're, you're hearing that's pointless. Like, you're hearing things like League Cup and FA Cup. And let's be honest about it. Liverpool don't pay much attention to either of those. Yeah. Things. So to See, put League you'd and be F- lucky to do a run. Yeah, you'd so, be lucky to get so, a run of games. To put, to put, yeah, to put, that, argument, to, to put that argument there is, is a bit mad. Sorry, Sean. Neil Lewis, or Neil Louie, I think, is how it's, or Lewis, whatever way you want to put it. He says, um, we should all go all out for Basuma. That name's come up loads in the chat, by the way. And let Elliot slot into a Coutinho role and centrally. Bas- Basuma is essential to a dominant midfield. Um, his name has come up a lot. We we'll talk about that a little bit later when we get to the window. But um, that name, Basuma, has come up a lot. Sh- sorry, Sean. Even before we move on, go ahead. Yeah, it's just like it's important to note that basically from next week or the week after, we'll be playing three games a week pretty much up until February or March. So that's that's where the squad's resolved will be really tested. Mm. So we're, we're looking at it from a point of view from yesterday where you're bringing Thiago and Firmino off the bench. And you had Robertson there on the bench. So we looked all right in that moment. But the problem will be when there's a few bodies missing, what sort of quality will we have on the bench? And yeah. that I think I think that's why it will all work out in the end. I think the signings will be done. So I'm not worried about it. I'm really not. To me, Naby has already exceeded my expectation for the start of the season and what he's been able to do. <laughs> yeah, true, that's the, true. Because that's just the way I've looked at it. Like I've all, I've just taken it as face value. Yeah. That Naby was never available. Kate, he's been brilliant in the last couple of games. Yeah. Very effective doing things I've never seen him do. Ox was missing yesterday for personal reasons. So let's just see how it pans out. Uh, we're in much better shape than we were last year. Anyway, I think, regardless of Jeannie being in or out. Yeah. Um, Ramez Khalil says a super chat. And he reminded me, he said, you've missed the super chat. I haven't, Ramez. When I see them, I... I favourite them and I bring them in when we need to bring them in I just don't throw them up immediately um, but he says no Mo, Mane, Bobby, Fab, Ali and Naby are playing in red list countries for World Cup qualifiers in September, October and November and we'll have to isolate after and miss games plus AFCON are we concerned also with Shaq gone we get one in you reckon um, I think one will come in I, I, I still think two and that's what I've talked for a long time but that's an interesting one about the the World Cup qualifiers That's and red list. I'm wondering, did he go? Um, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they go because, like I said, you know, you just can't travel into those countries and come back. It's and you know, I don't. I don't think it'd be allowed. But we, we'll have to wait and see. You know, anything could happen. I suppose. But um, moving on, let's get into the lineup because the lineup was interesting. Um, you know, we did see. You know, we, we we see this team come out. It's Simakas, Van Dijk, Matip, Trent at the back, Allison and Carson goal. Henderson um comes in because Fabinho unfortunately um due to the due to the passing of his father and his commiserations from everyone here to him. Um he misses the game. Um Kate plays after playing um last week against Norwich. Elliot is a surprise, I suppose, to come in and the front three are as they were against Norwich. Um Grizz, I'll come back to you. 
because the standout thing there is, you know, it is Elliot and Henderson coming back in, I suppose he was going to do that. Milner was missing or not. But when you see that team, Grizzly, you're thinking, well, wow, that's attacking. Because I look at that and I just think seven of them want to attack. Yeah, look, as soon as I saw that team, of course, the standout was, obviously we knew Fabinho had lost his father. So, you know, our best wishes obviously go out to him and his family. And, and so once he's missing and then that automatically means Hendo comes in and, you, and so you will be not 100% sure on his fitness. Like we know he's been back. We know he's been training injury free throughout preseason on his own as well. Um, but uh, but the, the, the standout obviously was Elliot. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was slightly concerned when I saw that lineup. A, the height of that lineup. Apart from Matip and Virgil, um, okay, Henderson's six foot. It's, just, it's, 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 it's a very, very small team. And I thought, wow, against this team of, of I think, practically all of them are six foot plus lumberjacks. I thought set pieces, throw-ons, et cetera, et cetera. And just over, over, just basically being more physical than us. And they showed it, to be honest with you, in the first 10, 15 minutes, they, they, they were very, very physical. Um, but my God, obviously it's not going to focus on Elliot yet, but the standout in the lineup was Elliot and I thought that's brave. That's the first thing that came to my mind. And do you know how we've been discussing uh, a few weeks ago in terms of how Klopp's going to be this season in terms of are we going to get the old Klopp, the brave Klopp? Sort of this was an indication, a positive indication, in my opinion, that not only have we got the fans back and our, obviously our players back, but we've got the positive, the rejuvenated, the refreshed Klopp back. Because that was a big call, in my opinion. He could have gone for the safe option and Tiago and then mix it around, or even Minamino, probably, you know, uh, and, and mixed it around. Uh, obviously, Ox was personal reasons out. But I thought just to bring him in against the most physical and aggressive team in the league was a huge call for, for Elliot and, and a huge call from Klopp. It, it was. I thought it was a huge It was a huge call. You know, when you look at the midfield last week and... I think he's bringing Fabinho onto that game last week in preparation for playing him um, against Burnley. Not only because he's fucking excellent at what he does, but like you said, the height. You know, Fabinho's really good in the air and he's an, he's another big body to have because Burnley are going to hit down channels, which they were quite good at throughout the game. They are going to try to get free kicks. They're tr- going to try, you know, um, get balls into the box from them, free kicks and see how they get on. And, and, and something nearly happened. Something really did nearly happen for them. So it was, it was, um, it was one of those where you know, it's a very brave, it's a very brave um, call from Klopp. But the one thing I would say is, and, and on it, is that it sh- I think you're right. It shows a rejuvenated Klopp because last year Klopp, when things were going wrong, he just tried to stick with what he knew and just tried to make his way out with this. You know what I mean? And, and part of it was down to the fact that it's all he had. But like he could have easily, like you said, he could have put Thiago in there. You know what I mean? He could have done something different, but he didn't. He said, no, Elliot's been playing there pre-season. He's had whatever amount of minutes against Norwich. I'm throwing him in. And, and as we get to later, because it's probably the main part of our chat, um, you know, he, it, was, it, was a, it was a decision that was absolutely brilliant, to be perfectly honest with you. Sean, coming on to you, um, just moving away from the lineup a little bit, and, and Grizz says that Borne done quite well in the first 15 minutes. I thought they were in the game for most of it. Um, they worked hard. I didn't think they could keep up the the intensity that they had. And that showed, I think, after about... 
55, 60 when Liverpool really put put the put the pedal down, you know what I mean, and nearly came out with second or third gear. But Klopp um Klopp makes a comment after the game and I want to touch on this and how our centre halves dealt with it, right? He was going on about um the style of play, he said it's too dangerous, we have to protect players. If people say I love watching that, then we're watching wrestling. Right now, that's probably a bit over the top. I'm going to be honest with you; it's a little bit over the top. But but I seen I um I seen a comment from it was one of them on match of the day saying that he watched the game and he didn't see where Klopp was coming from. Yeah. And then I, and then five seconds later, I seen a clip of Diogo Jota being picked up and thrown across the pitch at Anfield. Shawnee, is there anything in that from Klopp, or does he just not like Burnley? Because I just get the impression him and Deutsch just don't get on. Because Deutsch is a moany prick anyway. Yeah, they've they've had a bit of previous, hadn't they? Mm. Deutsch yeah. and Bob. So it's just uh, <coughs> it's just digs, really. But look, I, I'm gonna go again. I kind of like that. I I like the physical side of the game. To be honest with you, uh, the thing that annoys me about Burnley is that the time wasting and the stuff like that. That's the bleeding stuff that does me head in. Like uh, Nick Pope reaching for the water after two and a half minutes yesterday. They just tried to slow the game down for a minute one, but look. This is what you're up against, Gavin. That's Sean Deutsch's specialty. Like, that's why he's an actual sought after man. I actually think Deutsch is a really, really good manager. To be honest with you, I think he's walking miracles there at Burnley, and he's found a way to make them a sustainable Premier League club without not really spending much money. Did you not feel we though? Just, did you not feel though that just, he was, we, they were being physical, but at the same time, if they were, their players were getting touched, they were calling for every decision and foul at the same time. You have to, you have to equalize when you don't have the quality. That's what you have to do. Yeah, you maybe need, so. Yeah, like when you're playing in teams like Burnley, you have to do everything to to kind of swing the tide in your way. Obviously, mm. we get annoyed and frustrated watching it because we're Liverpool fans. But that's just that's that's the Premier League. You know what mm. I mean? I, and I actually thought the first half that they bullied us a little bit. Even I think like yeah, Matt, what Ward was hanging out at Matip's collar half the game and just looking to make it awkward and get in our faces and be difficult and and that's what he did because he had a lot he had a lot more chances than I would have liked him to have you know what I mean and mm. that's that's what Deutsch does look, look at last year he doesn't want to they don't really have to impose themselves on the game just stay in the game until the last ten minutes and yeah. try to disrupt and that yeah. that's that's what he did and they were more or less successful in the first half only for a moment of quality that, that led to the goals and, and Salah being offside they more or less acted out their job and they were in the game right until the last minute because Alisson was making last minute saves and Virgil was making last minute blocks so look we kind of we frown upon it because we're Liverpool fans and but they do what they have to do and the game is the game as the saying goes, yeah, and well, I I agree with you. Um, I just find some of the stuff he says, I'm kind of going, you know, the stuff he's calling for in his players, and then defending from his players. I get where you're coming from, but when you can see it in in front of your eyes, like you know, like literally picking Jota up and flinging him, and moaning or or, or saying like you know, um, something that's happened five minutes later that's nothing. And he's going on about it, and he's crying about it. I'm kind of, I know where you're coming from, but but when you see it happening, and, and there's so many angles of different things now, there's so many outlets you can find these things where it's kind of like, I suppose they don't give a shit, do they? They're in the game and they're going to do it, and fuck the consequences after whoever whatever they say about them. But Keith, the centre backs. Can I just say one yeah. thing actually before? It showed me yesterday that 
we have championship mentality this year because not only did we come out and play better football, we fucking bullied them in the second half. Mm. We bullied them. Virgil and Matiba ragged on them centre-forwards in the second half and we were snapping into challenges. So it showed me that the, the championship like Klopp obviously went in and gave them a rocket because the second half was a completely different game. Yeah, I, I, I think it was. Yeah, I think there was a huge difference. Grizz, um, oh, sorry, not Grizz, Keith. Um, the centre-halves, like, like Shani said, I thought Wood and, and Barnes threw themselves around quite well in the first half, but then you see in the second half, I think, um, as Liverpool take control, the centre-halves are, are massive in that. And, you know, Van Dijk gets all the plaudits, but what did you think of Matip? Because I thought Matip was, was fucking outstanding again yesterday. I love Matip. I think Matip, he's, he's the most frustrating player we have because we can... We in the past have criticised Naby Keita for his availability and Joe Matip is, is bad if not worse. But the thing with Joe Matip is when he plays, I think he's as good as any other centre-back in the league other than Virgil van Dijk. Like, I think Joe Matip is absolutely elite when he plays. And I love him. I think he's brilliant. I think he has it all. And he's got that sort of... You know, he's, he's a big dude. Is, is he as tall as van Dijk or even taller maybe? He's just the, the physique is different, you know, but... He doesn't mind getting into a, a bit of a tussle with them lads. You know what Burnley are going to bring. You know what Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes are going to do. And I think they, they dropped Jay Rodriguez, didn't they, from the last game to bring in these two big, bleeding, dirty um, lumberjacks, as Chris called Rodriguez always plays well against Liverpool. Yeah, and I suppose the idea there is you batter, 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 and then you bring on Rodriguez, who's a bit more maybe goyle about to yeah. pick up on the scraps. He's a bit more but of a footballer. Yeah, and it was good to see that we stood up to that. Sean, he said, we got into the game and we we moved it. Or, you know, we, we turned it around where the boys were manhandling the forwards, which was great to see. But Matip, as a, as a player, I just think he's brilliant. I mean, I don't want to be too reactionary here. I'm a huge fan of um, of Canate as well. But, you know, I think Joe Gomez might struggle to, to win his place back in this team. Um, and that's only based on the fact that I don't know how he recovers from his injury because we haven't seen him yet. But if Joe Matip can stay fit, it's a big if. That's as good a centre-back period as you'll see in world football. Do you know what I mean? And I know Virgil's only coming back from an injury as well. But to me, I said on the show a few weeks ago, all the four lads we have now at centre-back are already complementary to each other. And you can see in the way we're playing what we're doing. You know, Matip doesn't have the passing range of Van Dijk, but he carries it into midfield. And Kanate does that as well. And Gomez can do that. And they're all quick and they're all strong and they're all big. You know, we, we like a certain type of football, but Joe Matip is just, every time you see him play, you're, you're fearful because you expect to hear news that he laid in, you know, his, his laces are open and he's out for six weeks. Do you know what I mean? Like, there could be anything with Joel that keeps him out. But when he plays, I just think he's absolutely amazing. I think, uh, as I said, I think he's one of... I'd struggle to name a better centre-back in the Premier League than him that doesn't play for us already. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I, I think you're right because you see that comparison and somebody in the chat said there, he doesn't get the credit he deserves because people just talk about Van Dijk and then that's it. Grizz, you know, Shawnee says, Shawnee says that, you know, Bright, or, sorry, not Brighton, Burnley were very, very physical, um, especially in the first half yesterday. Barnes, uh, Chris Wood trying to get in around their centre-halves. And, and you've seen a difference in the second half. I know Barnes scores at, uh, um, Barnes scores um, early in the second half on the drilled outside, and he looks like an absolute sap. But after that, Grizz, like, when you look at these centre-half parents, they dealt with the first half, they learnt, and then they dominated. And, and 
Shani said it with, with the COP TV afterwards. Um, you know, if Virgil van Dijk stays fit, and I think if he stays fit, we've every every chance of winning the league. But if Joe Matip stays fit with him, I think the other two have a problem getting into the team. And I would be absolutely certain Liverpool win the title. And I mean that. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Absolutely spot on. There's no chance you can name me. And I, I done a really good tweet last week where I said, um, why do you look at me like that, Keith? Like, surprised. Like, oh, did I? Raising your tweet, Chris. It's, I've never heard that before. Uh, so, yeah, so, so look, 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 Virgil and Van Dyke, uh, Virgil and, and Matip are the best centre back pairing in world football, in my humble opinion. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And yesterday, um, as Shawnee says, those two lads up front would have been a handful for any centre-back pairing. I'm telling you that. They were so charged up for it, like proper, because they rose to the atmosphere. Well, you've got to remember, they've they've come back off the back of four defeats in a row, I think, or something, or three defeats in a row, something like that. Uh, you could tell they were really psyched up for it. It was not only a grand occasion for us, it was them as well. They were like, wanted to, this was the third season in a row where they're looking to come to get a result. And I agree with Shawnee in terms of they gave them a bit of a tough time, especially Matip. But I tell you what, I don't know what Matip had at half time. I honestly don't care. If he came out second half and he was. I'd love to think it was a, a purple snack and a can of Coke or something. Yeah, smoke. It, it, no, lads, honestly, it, for, for me, it was the most physical I've seen Matip in terms of he really got to grips, literally at times, with his striker, whoever it was, whether it's Wood playing on that side or Barnes, and he didn't lose a battle. The only time he did where well, someone uh, suplexed him, literally, like they grabbed him and swiped him underneath and pulled him down. It was amazing how that was even given as a foul. They were leading in. Every challenge was, people talk about, oh, let the game flow, but their forwards were leading in with their elbows. Every single challenge. And our players were, and I was asking a referee, Virgil and Matip was like, surely that's not allowed. All right, be physical, be strong with us. But every challenge was leading with their elbows. First, because they ran out of energy, like you said, Gav, like you said, like in terms of you thought they're going to run out of puff and, and energy and they pressed us like mad in that first 15, 20 minutes. But in second half, uh, Matip and Virgil van Dijk were, in my opinion, most of the game, cruise control. They really relaxed the whole situation and let the quality shine through. And once they, they, once they realised we ain't getting shit from these two centre-backs, they kind of just went in their shells eventually. You know, I, I know there was a couple of saves at the end, but the game was done and dusted by then. I thought Matic was Yeah, I think it was a lack of, it was a lack of concentration more than anything else, yeah. wasn't it? Near the yeah. end. Like, and, and the thing is, like, I think the fact that they win that battle early on in the second half, they start to win that battle. Then you see Liverpool really starting to turn the screw. You know, there's one off the line and just stuff out for corners and you could really see Liverpool starting to press and press and press. And be, I think it was because when Burnley could get out in the first half, Wood and Barnes were doing quite well to hold on to it or grab a free out of it or a throw or, or whatever it might be. Whereas this time it was coming out and the boys were just mopping her up and getting it straight to midfielders and fullbacks. And Borne were like, what fucked, what fucked. You know what I mean? The boys, like, they've clicked here and we're in serious trouble. And I think it was a massive, like we'll talk about the midfield and, and fullbacks and stuff now in a minute. But I think it was a massive thing that the, that the centre-backs 
began to dominate their forwards. And as soon as that happened, Liverpool had the quality on the park to go and absolutely put that put their foot in their throat, which I which I really enjoyed. Now I can see that I can see that second goal coming. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give one of you um the Jota goal, I'm gonna give one of you the Mane goal, and then I want one of you to start off talking to me about Harvey Elliott. So Shawnee, the Jota goal, um I'd say you were fairly well online with that at an angle, um, from where you were in the ground. And you know what? He doesn't, for me, Sean, he get involved in the game a lot, but he just scores goals, and I'm absolutely all over that. Yeah, he's like the the yank to Bobby's yang, isn't he? Whereas Bobby's everywhere and getting off little flicks and all, but he lets you down in the in the final third and Thames was finishing. But Jota, one thing I never realised before we signed him is how, how good of a header of the ball he is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that he does really well. And his movement that was absolutely unbelievable because you can tell as soon as Simakas gets it out of his feet, he just makes that a little dart into the front post. And you need to remember, like the Burnley centre halves, much like that forwards, they're not they're not small lads either. And Jota just nips in and, and, and nicks it in. It was a pure striker's finish. The the more I see of Jota, I always wonder how he's ever played in a, as a wide player in any system because he's so lethal in and around the box. And to be honest with you, I was actually impressed with, with some parts of his game yesterday when in transition, I thought he was really good breaking. And I think he was let down a couple of times by Mane or, or Salah on either side of him. So look, if he doesn't play well for the next 20 games, but gets 10, 15 goals, I don't really care, to be honest with you, because that's his job. His job is to get goals. That's what he's been brought in to do. And that's what he has done ever since he's been fit. I think he has something like 16 Premier League goals and 21 starts for Liverpool. That's some going. That's some serious, serious going. And yeah. uh, he's been excellent. And look, you have to give the other fella his flowers as well. It's an absolutely peach of a ball of Simakas. It's whipped in at a perfect hoist, a perfect pace. And he just glances it in. It, it was absolutely brilliant. The Burnley centre half was walk, looking around, saying, "Where the fuck did he come from?" Because he does. It's that little dart, just in, into the front post, like you're seeing Raúl do for his whole career. Yeah. Just knowing, <laughs> knowing exactly where the ball was going to go. It, it was really, really. Uh, it was well worked, and it was needed because you always, it's always, always very important to get the force goal against a side like Burnley. It really, it really is and you know the longer it goes on if that goes to 45, 50, 60 minutes and we don't have a goal then that's when like you said a few minutes ago Burnley start you know they just want to be in the game they want to be in the game for the last 20, 15, 10, 5 it doesn't matter to them but to get that goal um, after I think it was 18 minutes I think it was was a massive massive breakthrough and, and it allowed us to play our game a bit more even though we, their forwards are doing fine I think it allowed us to play it a bit more and you know, an edginess didn't come into the crowd because we're one up and we'll take that at half time and we'll go from there. Keith, Sadio Mane's goal. I want to go into that. Um, you can see yeah. it on screen there. Loads of passes, loads of movement. And um, the standout thing, I suppose, is Virgil's crossfield ball to, to Elliot, who in turn plays it to um, he plays it to his right fullback who's ahead of him. Um, 20 yards, 25 yards from goal, who slips in Mane and Mane buries it. After missing, you know, a couple of good chances I thought Manny um, earlier on in the game and I, I I thought it was huge for him to get a goal yesterday but it was another really really good goal and again emphasise that switch that we have and the creativity we have once we have that switch on yeah but before I talk about this I just want to say great shout by Shawnee there with the Raul comparison 
with the head up by Jota. Even as a player, I think it's a, it's a good comparison. He, he's having to realign his game. So, yeah, it's an interesting one, Raul. But sorry, this one. Um, yeah, look, it's all about Virgil's past, isn't it? Um, it's something that we've missed. We said it all last season. You know, we, we bring in players to play centre-back. But what was happening was every other facet of our game was being affected by not having... Virgil in there, we're not having you know the the big boys in there to deal this, and we saw it there yesterday. The perfect example that crossfield diagonal ball onto the money onto Harvey Elliott, who does brilliant in fairness to control it and to move it to shift it quick. Uh, it was just a great goal. It was a great goal all around. I think Van Dijk. Everyone's weary because he's back from such a bad injury and. You know, if he loses a yard of his pace, he loses a yard of his pace. But when he still has that ability to distribute the ball like that, it's going to be such uh, an asset to have for their attack. Last season, I think Klopp, the signings Klopp made with Jota and Thiago, I think there was a, a real idea to change how we attacked, how we played the game. I know it's pretty obvious to say that, but, you know, we never got to see it in full effect. And I think this season, we're going to see that. And I think... The, the diagonals from Virgil from the back are key to that. I think it's, you know, it gets the fullbacks further up. As you touched on, Gav, Harvey Elliott takes it down, he attacks, and he's playing it to his fullback. He was ahead of him. You know what I mean? Last season, the fullbacks were way too deep. They weren't getting up into them positions, and they weren't committing themselves as much. That goal yesterday was the classic league winning goal that we got. Do you know what I mean? Of that season, of the, the year. We won the Champions League. You know, the, the peak clock Liverpool team, it came back in that goal. The finish was a bit, you know, not sorry, not the finish. Um, the the ball into um, Sadie, it was a lovely ball by, by Elliot into Trent. Trent flicks it into Mane and Mane buries it. It was a great goal. It's it's one that we've missed, in my opinion. We got some nice goals last season, don't get me wrong, but that really harked back to the peak clock. Um, year we won the league, them type of diagonal balls. You just can't, you know, to, to put a price on it, you know, you know you're signing Varane and Chelsea are looking to buy Jules Kunde and, you know, everybody's looking to buy everybody else. We have a weapon there that, that creates attacks, you know what I mean, that starts attacks. That's, we've an attacking um, threat from our centre-half with the ball at his feet 20 yards inside his own half, you know, and to, to have that... It's such a weapon and it's great to see it back. But it was all about the pass for me, the, the quarter across the pitch. And as, as we said, Harvey Elliott takes. We're going to talk, uh, Grizz will be talking about Harvey Elliott in a second. But, you know, his his role in the goal was excellent. Because to do that, to take the ball down and to attack, you're 18 years old, your first start. Some players might have looked and checked back. Harvey Elliott doesn't. Harvey Elliott looks forward. He drives forward. And that's what gave us that impetus and gave us the the, the drive to get on and push in. So, yeah, that goal just harked back to 20... When did we win the league? Is that long ago? Be years. Yeah, back to then. You know, it, it was just a, a great goal to see and can't wait to see many more of them. I think it's a training ground, training ground goal. I genuinely believe well, that. Oh, I don't know where it is, Gab, because <laughs> I was shocked that Burnley was trying to press us there. That's one yeah, thing no, what, what, what I mean by that is, is the movement of our players. You know, we're, we're being pressed, right? We're being pressed. And what you think is our right-hand side of the midfielder would be somewhere in the middle of the park if we're being pressed, not too far away from the yeah. ball. And if you watch, uh, the key to it for me is Trent's movement. 
right? Trent doesn't stay in the right back position. Trent keeps going and going and going and he's nearly dragging. The, he's nearly he's nearly going forward enough enough to make that angle for Van Dijk to play in Elliot. And then they know where they're going from there because the easy ball is down the side of Salah. But if you watch when Elliot takes it down, he takes the, the chest of twice, puts it down and immediately looks inside and he knows where he's putting. I think it's I one he's right. worked on. Um, I was I'm, right behind there. It was like a golf shot. Yeah. It was like something you'd see in Augusta in the, the first tee. Now yeah. when you go behind the player, yeah. it just, the fella, it was, just, it's mesmerizing, I think, to be honest with you. It's, it's, I, I think it's a segue, nice segue. I don't know if he was going to talk about Harvey Elliott. Oh, yeah, you're up. Was Harvey Elliott. That's what he was going to say. Yeah. I actually think I actually think that goal was, I know you said, uh, who did you say? The intelligence of Trent's movement. I think it was down to the intelligence of Harvey Elliott. Absolutely down to Harvey Elliott. And at the time I tweeted it and everyone was like, uh, Trent's pass and Mane's goal, why are you bigging up Harvey Elliott for that? Because I thought his movement during the game, throughout the game, was so intelligent and mature for an 18-year-old. It was unreal. Especially for someone who hasn't, been playing in this role a lot. He knew exactly when to double up with Trent so Salah could go inside. He knew exactly when to leave Salah out and then play inside, tucking and played inside right. I thought he was, I thought it was the making of him. I'm not, I'm trying not to overreact, but I, I was so, I was so um, sort of really closely watching him and trying to see what Klopp's and Pep Linders are seeing in him. And, it just shows you that, you know, we know, fuck all, man. Take a seat, Chris, you fucking idiot. These guys you wanted are... You wanted them out, didn't you? Just, yeah, well, you this, wanted is them this is it. No, I want... Okay, so... Okay, no, so, not that you know. bad. All right, so Keith's had a dick, so I'm going to have to, you know, give it context. I wanted him... I wanted him... I wanted him... I wanted him to oh. go out on loan if he was going to be the understudy to, to um, Salah on the right. But I did say in pre-season, fuck, you know, he's showing me something in, in midfield. And our oh, mate, it was a genius move for Klopp and Pepe. That's what they highlighted him as. Because I thought, Gav, and you know when sort of I was manager of El Nino back in the day, mm-hmm. I used to tell I used to tell my my players to to try to leave one on one of their players in the first few minutes. And and All right, the relax, Sean, do it, will it? <laughs> and, and and the and the phrase and the phrase was let them know you're there, and then you can separate the men from the boys. Because if he gets up and takes and he carries on, then you're fucked, basically. <laughs> I'd never plan B. <laughs> that was a plan. That was only plan. They tried to bully him. Gav, they tried to they tried to batter him. Yeah, they did. With, with tackles and elbows and everything. And the guy never reacted once, eh? All right? For, can you imagine, like, sort of, did we see how many times fold and reacts and Grealish reacts and, and sort of even, even Curtis Jones reacts, right? This guy was just, you know, like his program to just be a successful football player. And, and in a couple of weeks, I said he's like a sponge. You can see him taking in from information from all his superiors, managers. You can see the kid wants to learn, even from his interviews. You know, his magnificent interviews. He's so well spoken and speaking like a veteran of the game. Yesterday, he played like a veteran of the game. He played like he's played that position for so many years. And as I said, his movement off the ball, he's, he knew. And you know what? You know when you know players around you, senior players around you, he was demanding the ball of the likes of Matip and Virgil and they were giving it to him. Yeah. No disrespect to, to the likes of Minamino or, or Shaq in the past. They haven't done that. 
this guy A had the energy, sorry, not the energy, the audacity and the confidence to just go and collect and give it to me. He was actually giving it. Sean, he was asking it, wasn't he? He was like yeah. giving it like wall passes. You know, we call wall passes when he gives it back to them and say, give it back to me. I just wanted to Bounce use you to create space. Yeah, I just wanted to use you, Virg and Matic, to create space. And that's what he was doing all around the pitch, even with Mo. Mo, yeah, they talk about Mo. The, the understanding they're creating. The whole right side, the whole right yeah. side was, and you, honestly, you could see, I thought Dwight McNeil was going to have a brain aneurysm on the pitch, to be honest with you, because he didn't know what to do. He just didn't know what to do. He's saying, am I supposed to be pushing on the Trent here? Or hold on, I'll stick with Salah. Elliot is here causing me problems. I, they didn't know what to do. And like Grizz said, that was the big thing that stood out for me was, the big thing that stood out for me was, how willing the senior players were to give him the ball. No matter where he was, there was times where Henderson turned out from getting the ball off Simicas and he knew Harvey Elliott was tight to the line, but he was still comfortable giving him the ball because he knew he'd create space somewhere or another. Uh, he he was... If you had a, That was his first Premier League start yesterday. I said it on the Cop TV mm-hmm. yesterday. If you had to tell me that was a, a, a 26-year-old who's played 80, 90 Premier League games, I would have believed in you because... He just played with such intelligence. Um, there was a, there was a few moments where the pass was loose, but he was fearless. And I'll tell you one thing that really impressed me with him. He was putting himself about. He was an absolute nuisance. He was all over them. He was he was challenging for headers in the middle of the midfield. There was, there was elements of the game where we weren't cleaning up second balls, but he was always disrupting. When he didn't have the ball, he was being a disruption. Uh, and that's fearless. a big thing for club. You use the word, you use the word fearless. You're right, Sony. It's just, it's one game. Yeah. And it, it's a very, very small sample size. But he was doing things yesterday that players who haven't got ability cannot do. And he, I was really, really excited leaving the ground. Yeah. The, the pass, it's not, nobody's talked about. I haven't seen it. It's for the solid goal. Like, some of the highlights packages aren't even putting her in. The pass for the Salagol is yeah. scandalous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. uh, the weight of pass. Salah only he, has to touch it. Yeah, he just yeah. runs onto it. It's a goal. Yeah. Like it's it's and, it's madness. It's, like Chris says, you are you put another 18 year old in there, frightened of that life. That's going to the fullback. He's playing the safe yeah. pass. He doesn't want to give it away. No, he gives a slow draw pass in between. And Salah is just marginal, marginal. It was when I was right in the corner when it happened, and I was going, Holy shit, run around to this fella beside me. Going, his touch, the crispness of his passing, his ability to get around the pitch. He kept you going after getting, after getting a few yeah. kicks. Like, you know, you talk, you know, you talk about his, his ability to keep going at 60 minutes, 65 minutes. I was telling the people I was sitting with, I was like, at the first sub's got to be Thiago for, for Harvey. 100%. Yes. It's got to be Harvey. Sat there, you know, oh, it's Harvey, Harvey. I wonder how he changed it. Everyone was unanimous that saying, oh, it's got to be Harvey. The kids played fantastic speed, energy, whatever. Now it's time to bring on Thiago to just control the game. The game, sit down, lads. I think the whole, the, to be honest with you, I think the midfield yesterday were brilliant. The all three of them, in tandem, they were very functional together. They complimented each other. I thought Naby Keita was very, very good. I thought uh, his awareness of where the second ball was dropping was really, really good. He's really, really quick in transition. They were very good. I thought Henderson as well, quarterback role, 
did his job excellently. Oh, he, but the right hand side, Henderson yeah, was yeah. immense. That right hand side was like three fellas who are all plugged in on the exact same wavelength. And I'll tell you one thing: you can tell Mo Salah loves playing with Harvey. You can. Yeah. That's one thing I could tell from yesterday that Mo Salah loves playing with Harvey Elliott. You could see that already. What People are saying we're going overboard. I don't think we are, to be honest with you. No. But so we're not talking about a young fella who's just come from academy football. He spent a year down the championship getting booted around. Mm-hmm. And you listen to the way Tony Mowbray and other top coaches and players who have, who have been there talk about, like, give glowing reference to this kid. You know what I mean? If you can do it against Burnley, you can do it against anyone yeah. because you're not going to get booted around anywhere else like Burnley. That being said... I probably wouldn't put him in next week against Chelsea because it's a different level again and we have that option. So, one thing, Harvey Elliott proved yesterday he's a genuine option from midfield. Uh, the kid is going to be a star. There's no, no doubt about it. It's just, when I look at him and I'll let you get in now, Keith, but when I looked at that performance yesterday, a couple of things struck me. So, I have a, I have a thing on the screen here with regards to his pass map, right? And there's loads of short passes that are successful. There's, there's a chance he creates for Salah in the second half for a brilliant ball in from the left where he picks him out really, really well. But there's some short passes that aren't um, successful. There's some longer ones that aren't successful. But the thing about it is he never seemed to get down about it because like, if you see a fella come in for his four start, you know, a pass gone here or a pass gone there and you think his head will go down or he get nervous and he just keep it really simple and, you know, he might get out of position and, he, you know, you know when you see these young players playing and, and they kind of lose their positional awareness and, and, you know, it gets very safe and, and they're off after 55, you know what I mean? But yesterday with him, there was points where I thought they were successful passes but maybe they were a slight bit quicker. I think he put Salah, you know, there was one in particular where he breaks in the, in the fourth half um, down the right-hand side and he gives it to Salah and I'm kind of thinking, go on a little bit more with it. Because he gave it to Salah with his back to goal right on the touchline. I thought, if you open that up a bit more, you're probably giving Salah a chance to get going. And that's just decision making. But I think when you see how good he was, and it's a testament to him because I always talk about how Henderson looks after Salah and, and Trent Alexander-Arnold and, and allows them to play. There was a different dynamic for me yesterday there, yes, with, with, with the way they were playing. He wasn't a protector of them. But, but it was like them two were protecting him and allowing him to play. It was like a bit of a role reversal, if you know what I mean. And, and that goes back to the trust that he's being given. You know, there's no doubt, you know, Klopp will try to keep his feet on the ground. And, and Klopp will probably say to him going out there today or yesterday, you're a really good player. I'm putting you in. They are going to target you. You're 18 years of age and, and you know, they're going to try, you know, be physical with you and get stuck into you and try and knock you off your rhythm. Don't give up. You know, would have given them all this without... without Blown smoke up his ass, you know, making him think he's fucking messy. But a, a proper level to how good we think you are, but remember what's going to happen to you and how you have to react properly. And I thought he was excellent. Um, I agree with Sean. I don't think he'd start against Chelsea. I think we go with something different, a little bit more controlling maybe. Um, when you look at how big a game that already is, three games in. But overall, I think he was... I thought I, I thought he was absolutely fantastic, um, for a four start as at an eighteen year old in the Premier League at Anfield, um, in front of those fans that are coming with so much high expectation after being away for so long. I thought he was so so good, and and he's a huge star in the making, um, and everything you've seen from him yesterday, more so when it's things didn't go right for him, he still kept going. I thought it was an absolute testament to him, and and long may it continue, and and the more games he gets for me this season, the better. Um, he doesn't have to be an all conquering player. But the more he gets this season, um, it can only be good for him because this season, for me, for Harvey Elliott, is an absolute bonus. But, Keith, are we all going over the top? Are we? No. 
Okay, just is that it? No, well, no. Okay. no, because there's people in the chat are saying you're going overboard, you're going overboard, you're going overboard. Harvey Elliott is not some young fella who's come up through the ranks who you know we've thrown in and he's all of a sudden a good player. Harvey Elliott was playing first team football at 15, I think, for Fulham. Mm-hmm. Harvey Elliott was being classed as a bit of a wonder kid before he came to Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? That's his four starter at Anfield. He has experience behind him. This fella is not some, you know, out of nowhere young player. He was he was being touted for all the every club wanted Harvey Elliott when the when he was up for sale. Not yeah. for sale, but when when he but when he was available, available to be yeah. had. This fella is not like just some some, you know, I don't want to disrespect any any of our lads, you know, but it's not just another youth player coming up. This this guy is a highly rated, highly, hugely rated player. And he's a Liverpool fan as well. He has that little bit about him. You know what I mean? That was an excellent piece of management by Klopp yesterday to put him in there, to play him in that game. Because Burnley, while they are a physical team, they're maybe not as mobile, I'd say, around their midfield as other teams are. Right? They're big. They like to get stuck in. But they're, they're not the quickest. Jack Hawk is, is a big guy. He likes to get stuck in. He's not quick. Josh Brownhill maybe is a little bit more. But not till, you know... He got the time he needed. He got kicked a few times, but he got the time he needed. This young fella is is going to flourish. He won't play against Chelsea. He'll be shocked if he does, right? But that's no slight on him. You know, Kevin Sullivan saying that Bellingham's getting games at that age. If a player is good enough, it doesn't matter how old he is. You can hype up a good player all you want. We'll hype up, and people in this chat will hype up Jude Bellingham, seeing him playing one or two games and say, exactly. oh, I'll buy him, pay exactly. 100 million for him. They haven't seen yes. him. Hype up yes. the player that we have. Because this kid is in that bracket and people can say I'm exaggerating or I'm going over the top. Why not? Do you know what's it going to, I'm not going to affect Harvey Elliott's progression by saying I think he's fucking excellent and he's a wonder kid. We're just not giving our opinions about the game. He was excellent yesterday because there's, Gav had the graphic up there about his passing, short little passes. But when you have a player like that, these, you know, Phil Foden, Jack Grealish are that type of player. They get the ball, they pop it off, they move, they have the intelligence and they don't let, you know, a few misplaced passes get on top of them. That's the difference with Harvey Elliott. You know, he's not going to let... We saw Matt Phillips coming out with a cold, right? Came in from the cold, limited player. You play to his strengths. Reese Williams, too. He's not at the not at the races yet. Nico Williams, not at the races yet. This young flick can, can do what he wants. Do you know what I mean? This young flick, the, as the boys have touched on... You're demanding the ball off Virgil van Dijk. You're demanding the ball off Jordan Henderson. You're demanding the ball, you know, off Trent Alexander-Arnold, off Mo Salah. You have something about you. You're not just some blade young fella. So, well, you know, Pedri, another one getting mentioned. If you're good enough, you're old. It doesn't matter how old you are. And we need to just forget about, you know, oh, don't be afraid to overhype this kid. This wasn't an out-of-the-blue performance by some young fella who came out of nowhere. This was... Not the coming of age because he's going to take gradual steps this year. But this was what we can expect from Harvey Elliott because he is an excellent, elite young player. He is a player that if we couldn't keep now, do you think he's going to end up at a, a Midland Premier League team or a, a championship team? No, he's not. He's going to, all the big boys are going to want him. This young player is, I'm not going to say the future of Liverpool or anything like that, but what we have here, we should be garnish, garnering this talent. And getting him in as many games, the right games. You know, let's not throw him into Chelsea and have, you know, Jorginho, uh, I don't know who was playing. Let's say Kante. Let's say they put Kojic. Kante on him and 
Kovacic and they're kicking him and they're niggling at him and you know he's not as impactful and then people are jumping on him people are diving on oh, I told you he's overhyped this young fellow this young fellow won't give a shit he gets kicked he'll get up he'll demand that ball it's a very very quality suits him better to play next week than yeah, he did yesterday maybe there could be but we'll have to wait and see um, oh, I don't think he will uh, maybe not but um, look as you said you give him a chance he takes it you know, you keep giving them chances, you know, the sort of way. Um, Grizz, I want to come to you and I want to, I want you to talk to me about um, the fullbacks. The next part of the, the next part of the show, Grizz is going to talk to us about fullbacks. I want Shawnee to talk about the atmosphere in the ground overall. Um, but, you know, when the game's over and, and the buzz around the place, um, I'm going to talk around man of the match. And then there is some super chats that have come in that were about transfers and stuff. And people think I've forgotten them. And I'll say it again. I don't forget them. They are on the side of the screen here. And I will bring them in towards the end as we talk about the transfer window having nine days left. But Grizz, the fullbacks, um, because again, different styles of play yesterday from them. You know, uh, I think Trent's trying to look after their most dangerous player, their best player um, for me in Dwight McNeil. And then you see Simakas getting an assist and, and he's about to go off at the end of the game and then he gets into a row with um, three only players in a football while he lies on the ground and comes out with it. And it's probably one of the biggest cheers of the day. But what did you make of them, Grizz? Because I thought, again, I thought they were both really, really good. They were match winners for us, literally. Um We've not only got our centre-backs back, we've got our full-backs back, if you know what I mean. Um, so we talked about Matip and, his, and how he came back and managed to control um, his opponent and overcome him. Absolutely similar for, for Trent. Uh, first and full, foremost, Trent looks like an absolute athlete now. Like that picture shows it. I don't know where he got his shoulders from, I think. I think Sean has got competition um, when it comes to shoulders. Don't go that far. No, 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 no. <laughs> Shawnee would be. Yeah, that's, that's, that's putting too much pressure on him. Yeah, it's too much pressure. Forget about Harvey. Too, he, he looks like a tell, man now. I tell you yeah. what, and 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 and, and uh, of course, it wasn't a genius. It doesn't take a genius to work out who was going to be the biggest threat at the start, and Dwight McNeil proved that. So, a um, couple of dodgy moments he had in the first 15, 20 minutes where his passing was a bit sloppy and lazy, like it can be. But I tell you what, he he not only controlled him in the second half, but he became an absolute playmaker, as we've discussed upon that passing range. Uh, just look at it. Just let the viewers, obviously the listeners can't see it, but let the viewers see that map, because that is outrageous for a fullback. Tell me, show me a pass map of a right back in world football that is comparable to that. Show me it. Tell me. Bring, out, bring one out, anyone. You won't see it. You won't see it. it. And Gav, I thought his passing, his intelligence, and when you, I hate to say that when you see him, you know, one of those sound like one of those going to the game wankers, but you've got to see his passing to appreciate how fucking good he really is. It's outrageous how he sees the passes into the central midfield. We always talk about his pings across a, like his switch of play, but his passing, picking out of passes into midfield is unique for a fullback in my opinion. And the other kid on the other fella, the Greek scouser, the mad Greek scouser, because he's mad. He has yeah, because Marco asked there, do we drop Costas for Chelsea? So I wanted you to talk about about um, Simakas and what you think they might do with regards to Chelsea at the weekend. So, so we talk about we talk about how to replace Trent, and you know it's one of the hardest things to do. Replacing Robertson was the best all round fullback. Um, shout out to Conroy because I think Conroy thinks I think Robbo is shit. 
Um, uh, but I don't quite, this, this fella is absolutely suited to the way we play. He's mental, he's a mentalist as well, like, like Robbo. Um, that moment that you referred to, Gav, where he just sort of, he's surrounded by three players, they drop Chris Ward is jumping on his back, I think. Everyone, and he comes out with, it's, it's like, it reminded me of the moment Robbo went and chased every Man City player and the, and the subs bench. Do you remember when we played them and, and the crowd just roared him on and that was the iconic moment, you know, Robertson kind of, you know, everyone recognised what this what this player is. Simicast, the standing ovation he got when he went off the pitch, I think it was quite strategic the way he came off because he came off right outside the cop, sitting outside the cop. So he came, he walked all the way past the cop and the main stand. And you can imagine the, 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 the applause and, and he got, but he was tenacious again, like Harvey Elliott. He's only he's only four foot, probably about a foot taller than you. Um, but he was going into challenges, um, you know, brave, you know, his passing. And I, and I spoke about it on, um, I think it was Carnage, where where I said he's got more going forward than Robertson. And, and again, his pin, it's, 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 it's crossed as Simicas, lads. It really is. I'm so. Uh, it really is. I'm sorry. That's my Muller moment. But it is. He's crossed us. He's he's a he's an impeccable cross of the ball. His final delivery is impeccable. Yes, there was moments where again um, the positional side of play will happen. It's come. It's not as chronic. It's not as bad as Moreno. But you know he's got the mad Virgil on his side. And a shout out to. I know we've discussed. I know you want to only discuss the fullbacks. But the reason why we've got our fullbacks back is not only because of our centre backs, but this. Um, what's the word, lads? When you the, the making of a new role or type for for Naby Keita. Evolution. Um, evolution of Naby Keita, Gavin, to a Liverpool central midfielder. So we know the Leipzig. Everyone cries about them. We want to see the Leipzig's. No, you're never going to see it. Bring us the Naby. Bring us the Naby from the Bundesliga. What's happened to him? Again, sit down. All of you sit down. All the ones that used to cry about, we want the Holland Ginny. We want the Dutch Ginny and the Newcastle Ginny. Sit down. All of you, just sit down, relax, and watch Klopp, how he utilises and how he wants to his midfielders to operate. Because Naby Keita out there um, was, I, I don't know if you guys agree, but was pure Ginny Wijnaldum. Rotator of the ball, covering Simicas every time he covered the ball, his pressing, his energy. Not once did you, you know, see him out of position or caught out of position in that role. I thought, I thought there's glimpses. I'm not saying, you know, anything. I'm not making huge, huge claims, but there's glimpses of of that of that. Uh, what year was it, Keith? 1920, Liverpool. Uh, mentality machine coming back because we weren't amazing again. We weren't amazing, but we were so so efficient, and we we totally killed them with our with our control, our poise, and our energy. And and, and that, you know, I I don't know how it felt watching on the TV, but I was never never felt nervous after that after that, uh, that initial 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, and I think um, <clears throat> the thing about Simicast is I think. He has got moments where you go, where's he off to? Or why is he trying to climb up onto a fella's shoulders? And, you know, mad stuff. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay if he does mad stuff that's just mad in certain areas of the pitch. But when he's asked to defend, he defends. And when he's asked to pass, he passes. And he gets forward. And I think Robbo will come back in, if fit, next Sunday. But I have no issue with Simicast playing. I think he, he reminds me a lot of Robertson. 
the way he plays, the way he covers. The, he's and listen, he's he's there. Like I know he had COVID and I know he had injuries, but he's still there, training and I'm I'm in a Liverpool squad environment for the last year or whatever it might be. So he he's definitely learning um, on the job all the time. What are you laughing at? No, no, you you'll see it later. I think yeah. Sean is. I was I was trying to work out what Sean and Keith are giggling there, and I've realised now. But okay. you, you're, you're you're good. You're, okay, you'll you'll, you'll, you'll realise later. <laughs> okay, no worries. Um, but yeah, I, th- I I think I think he's absolutely fine. I've no I've no issue with him, and I think you know you've seen him. Like Klopp said, eighty minutes last week, he nearly does the ninety this week, but it doesn't happen in the end. So it's it's one of those. Um, Roy, I want to move on. Shawnee, uh, the I suppose the atmosphere because you know Liverpool win the game. Allison does make a, a good save near the end, but Liverpool win the game and. You know, what's it like, Shani? When it's over, we've seen loads of videos and stuff. But is it real? Does the does the enthusiasm? Does everything flow out of the stadium? You know, and for the hours hours after, I know you had to get a boat back. But for, does it does it flow out of the stadium for you? Yeah, like it's just so good. I'm football mad, as you can, and it was just so good to have real football yesterday and to be. Back in Anfield, and there was there's so many little lovely details. <laughs> I know, that, I'm still like, laughing at that now. Go on. You, you, you can tell, like, you could tell that um, there was a couple of season ticket holders around by me, and they were going in before pre game, and you could hear them talking to each other. And you can tell that these were probably people that had only see each other of a game week, you know, they'd only, they'd only see each other at the, at the match, and they were chatting to each other, like for the first time in probably nearly 18 months. Yeah. And it was just the whole, there was a mosaic on the cup before the game for, for the 97 and Andrew it was, yeah, Andrew Devine, like God rest his soul. Like the, the atmosphere, half 12s can be Horrible. a pain, can be a pain and the best of them. You know what I mean? We, you think of the, the half twelve Saturdays where the sun is splitting the rocks, and then you look at yesterday, it's choking it down, it's pissing down. There's kills getting into the ground. People could be a little bit restless, but now, as soon as they get in there, it was the place was rocking, absolutely rocking. There was songs going. It was great to hear songs going. Tiago's song got a rip on the cup, and it was just unbelievable. And then you head out onto the after the game, and everyone's buzzing. That aired of two, and again, it's pissing down. But nobody gives a shit. People are standing in the riddle of the road, like me, giving interviews for other channels and chatting away. And on the boat, on the way home, everyone's looking forward to the next fixtures and see what can, what ways are going to work out. So it, the buzz is back. Uh, football is back. The buzz is back. And most importantly, Liverpool are back. I, I said it myself. Yeah, I missed going to Anfield and. I'm, I missed real football, but I tell you what, the the, the 15, 16 squad players that Liverpool picked every week, they miss fans more than anybody. Yeah. And they probably miss those more than, they we, than, than, than we miss them. And that's told because with 10 minutes to go, they were still fighting, fighting for clean sheets, snapping into challenges. You know what I mean? And the crowd are reacting. Simicas has given one Burnley fella a jockey back while two-footing another fella trying to keep the ball. <laughs> And then he comes out with the ball at the end, and the blade the place erupts. The, the place erupts like we scored yeah. a goal. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's 
that that's you can't pipe that in. You can't pipe that in. Those those emotions cannot be duplicated or re- recreated by any sort of piped in noise because they're the natural reactions that we missed. Do you know what I'm saying? It, it was it was so good. I can't wait to get back. I'm just delighted. I'm delighted. I can't wait for Champions League. Imagine cha- imagine late stages in the Champions League. This team. Yeah. I'm telling you, if we, if we stay fit, nobody's competing, and I mean that. I mean that, and it's a big if. But if we do, nobody's competing. I'm telling you, we will blow the back ass off this league. The same way we were up until January last year. And everyone going on about needing this, needing this. Do not write these players off because I tell you what, we are a wounded animal right now. And we have our boy back. I think so. Um, I think everything kind of went right yesterday. I, th- I was happy that Burnley came and had a go at us. It wasn't kind of like... We swaggered and it was three or four. I, I was happy that Liverpool had to fight a little bit and, you know, get involved in, in physical stuff and, you know, get an early goal and it's still only one and a half time, but then put the pedal down and make it two. I, I was really happy the way it went yesterday. And, you know, um, some, uh, somebody says there, I think it was Barry said, um, half five next Saturday, it'll be even louder. I think it'll be absolutely insane. Um, next Saturday, especially the way us and Chelsea have started and, you know, it's it's going to be a huge, huge game. I don't think it'll be a season to find them, but it'll definitely be a marker for both. Um, and Liverpool will win the game anyway, just to let you know. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not even going to change that. Spoiler you know. alert. Yeah, spoiler alert, Liverpool will win the game um, for me anyway. But um, I want to get the man of the match, lads. Um, I want to finish up. We're nearly an hour and 20 in. Um, and then we do a little bit on the, tran- the way transfers are looking. And I have got some super chats there that were sent in that people are asking questions. So I will read them out to you before we get into that. But man of the match, lads. Um, Keith, I'll come to you first. Um, man of the match, please. It's a hard one. This is a hard one because there was a few good performers. But, yeah, look. Um, I'm, yeah, Simicas. I'm going to go with Simicas because it's easy to go with Harvey Elliott. And I think it was more so, you know, the context with Harvey Elliott. I thought Simicas was effective down that left side, he's he's a player that's come in for one of the best left backs, the best left back in the world, in my opinion. And it looks like we're not missing a beat. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Simicas. Simicas for me was excellent. Okay, Shani, man of the match for you. Harry Elliott. Yeah, Harry Elliott for me. Uh, I don't care who says I'm going overboard either. <laughs> yeah, the kid was mustard. The kid yeah. was absolutely mustard. The fact he was left on for the ninety, and even talent. seeing him get. Yeah, yeah, and getting his little, uh, he got a little applause off the cop at the end, and you could see like Klopp was walking off the pitch, looking at him, beaming with pride. You know what I mean? The, the lad has a massive, massive future. There was so many good performers on the day, but the eighteen-year-old making his Anfield debut was the one who stood out for me. I thought he was absolutely sensational. Mm-hmm. Free Worldy has Matip or Hendo. There was a few in there from Matip. Um, Moldesir Ali has Matip was class. He deserves man of the match. Um, Grizz, man of the match for you. Yeah, I wouldn't argue if Matip or Hendo was given it because I thought Matip, I don't think we've spoken, spoken enough about Henderson's performance. First really game good. back, lads. Yeah. First game yeah. back. Like, really you, you, you know, for ages, right? I think. Yeah, yeah literally ages. Because um, he didn't start for England, did he? I don't think he started. No, we don't, I don't just start again. Sporadic substitute appearances. He was an absolute leader out there. He, he might have started one for England against yeah. the Ukraine. He may have. And his passing, again, I genuinely believe this, guys. His passing, you can see the influence Tiago has already probably made in training sessions. 
because yeah. his first time passing was a joy to fucking watch. It yeah. really was. But Harvey Elliott, uh, I'm going to go with Shawnee Sharp, Harvey Elliott. From 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 the moment he got clattered and got up and just ran it off and just thought, come on, bring me the ball again, give me the ball. I thought he was sensational. Um, Harvey Elliott for me, man of the match, kid of can the I, match, I should say. But yeah, can I, I give a special so. mention to Alison Becker? Yeah, yeah, great to see him being sharp. Grace was talking about difference makers. <laughs> that don't make don't get much better than this fella. Yeah. This fella's a joke. He's a joke. <laughs> it's disgusting, it's, isn't it? It's ridiculous, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, well, Sam Tandy says there, I think Allison, since he scored that header, feels invincible in goal now. Nothing getting yeah, past Yeah, he was ridiculous. He was in period. And there was a moment, Chris will tell you, there was a moment in the first half where he went down and I actually said, I, put, <laughs> I just said, oh, fuck. The whole crowd. <laughs> we all just... Yeah. Yeah, it sucked the life out of the stadium for 20, 30 seconds and then he and then he jumped up and zinged one on the Simicast and stopped <laughs> 60 yards. Like, he's, he's okay, just, everyone. He's, he's okay. He's everything you want and presence, presence is huge and you could see the Burnley, you could see the Burnley players when they were going through on goal, they knew Matip and Van Dijk were chasing them down and by the time they got their head up, you had Alisson on that doorstep ready to take the ball. He was, he's unbelievable. And again, just so, so glad that he's ours. Fighting for clean sheets. Van Dijk roaring into the cup after a 90. Look, the Reds are back. Yeah. It's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah, they're, they're mad up for Um I'm going to give it to Joe Matip. Um, I think you could argue Trent. You could argue You could argue Elliot Henderson, I thought, was very, very good. Um, th- there's a lot there, but I just think for the way the game went and what Matip had to kind of put up with, for the first 40, 45, maybe 50 minutes of the game where it was a real struggle. And then he overcomes what, what the challenges that are there. And uh, for me, has a massive part in how Liverpool see out, for me, the, probably the last half an hour of that game in getting the second goal, being in control and, and, and holding out and keeping a clean sheet. I think it's, um, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it to Joe Matip, if that's okay with you. Um, now, we had some super chats in earlier. So I'm going to read these out uh, one by one. And then we're going to have a little chat. I just want a short thing on what you think may happen for Liverpool in the next nine days before the, the window ends, right? So, uh, Sim says, two first-team starters or squad players, Gav. That's in relation to me saying, I think we bring in two. Um, Jeannie Houdini says, if you had to bet your last $20, who do you think gets more goals this season, Jota or Salah? Quickly, go. Keith? Salah. Grizz? Salah. Shani? Salah. Yeah, full house, so I think Salah gets on. Uh, Salah, yeah, definitely. It's um, a good shout, like, it is interesting. It, it is, will be, and listen, if there's, a, if there's a real race between them, we're flying, yeah. we're absolutely flying. Mark Gibbon says, uh, lads, we have the best 11 in the league, no doubt. We are one or two signings, we'll go, go down really well. Um, Simicas has got to stay, even if Robbo was fit um, for Chelsea, and don't bring him in from the cold, or bring him in cold. Mr. Dare I Say It Drift. What a name. Um, he says, we've spent liquid cash on transfers for the last three seasons. 8.55 million in 1920, 27.75 million in 2021 and 36 million in 2122. Absolutely shocking in his opinion. And a uh, question for Grizz, the last one from RS1, says Grizz, anything in the docu links? So, um, Grizz, I might as well come to you with the docu stuff. Um, you can answer that if you would like. And on top of that, what do you see, in your opinion, happening for Liverpool, or what you'd like to see, um, in the next nine days before it, the window shuts? I think it's 11pm on the 31st of August. Someone will tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, 
Yeah, look, there's there's definite concrete interest, in my opinion, in the docu stuff. Uh, only because um, Liverpool have spoken about it openly themselves. Klopp has openly spoke about how he came over two years ago as a kid, etc., etc. What I would like to see in the in the in the remaining um, days that has left, I would like to see Divock Origi leave the club. Um, I would. That's, that's very bold statement. I don't often say that about Liverpool players. Um, I said about Adrian that didn't work. He got he got a new contract <laughs> the following week. Um, <laughs> keep so, it zipped, Yeah, exactly. So fuck your back, keep it zipped. Um, and I'd like to see um, um, there will definitely be one, but preferably two players coming in, um, and that would just top off, in my opinion, a brilliant, brilliant summer. Taking into consideration, we've tied down all the great players, the main spine. And then if we can add on two, look, people often there's a lot of there's a lot of misconceptions about why people want signings. I think around Gaff on social media, people are saying, "Oh, our team's brilliant, our squad's brilliant. We don't need to add." And people are naming sort of the names of players in each position or the players that can play in that position. I don't think many people. There is the odd odd ball, but we always say, ignore the odd odd ball because they're probably not even Liverpool fans on Twitter who are saying that we can't challenge for the title. This team, this squad is absolutely primed to challenge and win the title. But what we'd like to see and what we started off by saying this summer was we'd like to see three players, two, three players that are coming in for the succession, for the for the future. And if Kanate and two others can be brought in, then in my opinion, that would be in a magnificent uh, summer. But um, let's see, there's a lot to do in the last week. What is it? A week? Or what is it? Nine days. Nine days. So, yeah, there's a lot to do. I genuinely still believe it gets done. Okay. Shawnee, what do you think or believe or hope will happen in the next nine days for Liverpool, squad-wise and transfer window-wise? If you tell me we get two, I wouldn't be surprised. If you tell me we get one, I wouldn't be surprised. If you tell me we don't, we wouldn't sign anybody, I wouldn't be surprised either. So, I just think... I think they should back them, to be honest with you. I'm not saying just try and cash around for the sake of it, but it would be really nice to have another two options in there to just insurance policies, so to speak. Uh, competition competition can be really, really good for the squad in terms of bringing players in to push players on. But um, I'd imagine we definitely saw him one. And, and I'm, leaning that, I'm leaning towards more now when I thought I was going to be a midfielder where I reckon I could be an attacker now. Hmm. I'm not too sure. Keith? Yeah, echo what Sean, he said, nothing that surprised me at this stage, but I do think we will we'll bring one in. As I said earlier, I don't think we'd have, um, you know, while giving ourselves whatever, eight, nine days, letting Shaq move on, um, I don't think we'd do that and leave ourselves short. Klopp's not stupid. He knows better than any of us do about the injury concerns for a lot of the midfield lads that we have. He knows the risks of going in and leaving yourself short in a in a positional area, which we did last year. I think I think we bring in at least one and possibly two. And I think the likes of a dock hill link, I think we I just can't get away from the saw links. I know we're getting linked with Chelsea and that now, but it, it just smells like Thiago to me last year. The links came out early from the other side. The nothing much happening, a few tenuous links here and there. I just can't get away from that one. I think we do so. And the, the, the docking one makes sense because it's future proof. 
it's bringing in a younger player doesn't you bring in a player like that and it's about moulding him and getting him into the team Doku doesn't sign and immediately think he's in that starting 11 he's one that you bring in and you use gradually that to me makes the most sense two players like that um, Doku doesn't need to be homegrown either uh, I think Doku because of his age I think he qualifies as an under 21 player doesn't he so we could te- theoretically do the two of them be interesting to see um, I think we do at least one but God, free wall, free wall has been moaning about transfers in the chat for weeks now, and he's turned around saying, "Sitting on the fence." I'm not sitting on the fence. I just don't. don't I don't know, and I'm not going to. Is that free wall, or is it is someone else? Because it's free wall. it says now? Did he, did yeah, he get him. banned and change his name? I don't know. But like, listen, I, I don't know. And what, I can't what, control what is, these yeah. things. What is, so I don't. What does that mean? What does that exactly? Like, what the, what, yeah. what is free wall. I'm, I'm not. Thank you for being an avid listener of ours, right? But that, like. That your your message to us is a shit. There's a shit message. Like, what do you want? We're giving our opinions. What do you want us to say? Definitely like, will. Definitely won't. Yeah. Do like, you want me to turn around want? and say if we don't sign two players, I want FSG demands. Yeah. Demands. They want demands. I, I don't know. I have yeah. no idea what they're gonna do. No, but, no, but not, not only that, Shawnee. Not only that, you've been very adamant to say you don't even care. Like, because we're so you're comfortable with it. Whatever they do, either way. Now, we've all got our opinions on what we think should be done, and that's fair enough. We think this needs to be done. We think this needs to be done. But we can't say for definite this is happening. Like None of us have a direct, direct line. I've got an indirect line. But no one's got a direct line to fucking Michael Edwards and Klopp's office like to say this is – like. of course we're going to give our opinions. Some, some of it may be sitting on the fence. Weird. Yeah, people saying it's just his opinion. It's just my opinion. Yeah. I – yeah. I haven't got I haven't got a clue. I honestly don't. So and I'm not gonna if it gets to the end of the window, I will say, well, I'm not sure they really backclub there. But what's the point of me moaning about it going on whinging yeah. about I, I haven't got a fucking clue. I I'm just happy that the football's back and we're two, yeah. well, two from two and there's clean sheets all over the shop. That's that's good all I care about. Back. Yeah. yeah, good vibes, yeah. <laughs> well I think want. um I think there's nine days left. I, I'm on record saying I think we need two to add to this squad because I didn't count Shakiri and Origi. I'm going to go on again. Ga- sorry, Gav. Kai, there's a complacency among the family. What are you talking about? You can't defect that. Yeah. Complacency with what? I mean, did I fans are too quick to forget what this, this team is all about, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Last year was an anomaly and we still, in all reality, didn't do too bad. Let's just see what we can do. Let's trust Klopp. Let's trust the players. How can you get complacent? How did Liverpool win this week? Yeah, yeah, they won. They are oh, now they, they drew a lot. Like, oh, what happened? Now the fans got complacent. We can't fucking do what. We're on here having a chat about the football. We, I'm not sitting on any fence, man. I support Liverpool. Oh, <laughs> book <laughs> says Shawnee won the Lancelot fence in championships three years in a row. That was around 1999. The final was in the Drake in. <laughs> but uh, I think I, I, I'm op- I've openly said I think we need two for this squad. I think, and, and the reasons being is that the reliability midfield and if 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 they go through the form, what you're left with is still a good midfield. It's still good options, but it's a lot of a lot of games if you want to go deep in this league and deep in the Champions League. And I think that's where I'd like to cover up front. Um, 
up front, I think it's a very difficult one. I think when you look at the level of the three that are up there at the moment, Jota, and oh, then you Firmino. You, no, no, you, that's what I'm saying. You have the three that are up there at the moment, and then you've got Firmino, okay, which is, you know, I think it's... I, I fancy him this season. I think he's going to do really well. Um, it's a hard one to bring. For me, you either go absolute worldy, so you're Haaland and Mbappe levels, right? Vlahovic maybe in there, right? Um, or you find somebody that is of an age ready to come in and go, you know what? They've four brilliant strikers, but I want to learn from them. I want to progress. I want to get game time and I want to look at myself in a year, 18 months down the line when, when a Salah or Mane may not be there or a Firmino may not be there and be able to as a player to look to take on the mantle from them and as a club you're looking to that player to take on that mantle in a, in a year 18 months time and I think it's a very hard player to find that's just my opinion I think up front is very very hard Um, I'm still sticking with the two I'm still sticking with the two but Shani makes a lot of sense on that fence that he's sitting on when he says it wouldn't surprise me if they sign zero, one or 2 um, because it's literally water to me what's going on in Liverpool at the moment. So it's it's one of those. Um, Do you know what, Gav? People get annoyed when, you know, oh, they, they say things like, um, what's an interested FC? You know, Liverpool are interested in that. They're only interested by people on Twitter and people, you know, journalists thrown out sort of articles for clicks. Liverpool say, fuck all. So we don't know what Liverpool are interested in and what they're not. We no. hear stuff that they won't Liverpool sign, they won't sign. Yeah. Liverpool say this, Liverpool say that, Liverpool say nothing. Papers yeah. say this, journalists say exactly. that. Don't say and they don't know and since we'll see. I, I stopped I stopped getting wound yeah. up about this stuff, Gav, not down until about ten minutes ago. <laughs> no, no, not in that sense. Before after that. after the Van Dyke thing, they yeah. don't know yeah. anything. So don't be yeah. real. Like you're driving yourselves mad. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what you're doing. You're dri- you're literally driving yourself mad over something you can't change. Well it's great. I'm delighted down I've been crowned the three times the triple champ. Yeah, of the, yeah. the and I, I wasn't just Leinster, I was all Ireland fencing yeah. champion. Yeah, well. champ, 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 champ. So I'm representing, I'm representing. That's great. What a show. That's a great comment. Yeah, it was <laughs> a great comment. That's what it's about. Let's have a laugh. No, don't you know, don't forget to upset all the people. Um, listen, that's it. It's been a brilliant show. We've kept you for an hour and a half. <clears throat> um, the rest of the week as it looks the f- what day Sunday today forum tomorrow Monday um, nothing on Tuesday we have uh, Jamie and the midweek fix on Wednesday Grizz is back with Carnage on Thursday uh, Avi's back with Sports Unplugged on Friday and then we will have pre and post match um, for Chelsea on Saturday and we'll return here next Sunday just to let you know people will ask are you doing anything for the for the um, transfer window closing yes um, we're not going to do 12 hours and we're not going to come on at 7 o'clock and go through till 11 because, what, what are you mad? But what we'll do yeah, is, um, what we'll do is, we will come on, we'll Don't come on an hour early. Code. We, we'll probably Can do... you tell we'll, me about the dress code beforehand here this time around? Yeah, know. I'll tell you about the dress code. But um, we'll probably come on, we'll probably come on around 9 o'clock that night. Um, but if anything breaks before that, we will do. But we'll come on from 9 to probably half 11 because it'll close at 11 and there's always something happening. So that'll be the Tuesday, the 31st, all right? Um, Keith, anything else before we go? Yeah, before we go, Gav, just a little shout the the sad news that uh, Terry McDermott mm-hmm. has been diagnosed with um, dementia. Uh, another footballer of a generation, Dennis Long, he uh, came out there a couple of days ago as well. And it's very sad to see all these footballers, you know, it's... It's not to the extent of American football, um, 
but there is a lot of these these players and and the him dementia or Alzheimer's early and Terry McDermott. I, I know in my my family, uh, he was a, a much loved when I was growing up. My man and I loved Terry McDermott. Uh, we used what to watch player. the official history of Liverpool constantly when I was what a kid. Player. And Terry McDermott was one of my favourite players, even though I didn't see him playing. And it's just very sad. Little things like that sort of hit home as well when when it's a, a player that well you may not have seen. It's well known. I like old football, and and it's just very sad news. And look, thoughts are with Terry and his family at this time. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Keith put it perfectly. There's no no need for anybody else to say anything. He's put it absolutely perfectly. Um, Shani, anything else before we go? Now, Gav, uh, just delighted. It's great, great to be on again. And just, I love Liverpool. I love, I'm not a top red. I'm just Liverpool fan, true and true. And yeah. I'm actually going now to sit on the fence for eight hours. Yeah. No, no Sean, you are a top red. You are a top red, except. What's a top. Yeah, well, don't I'm start. Not, I'm not, so it's half eleven. I'm not talking about who. What it's like Bellboy when you're on to Andy Young. Andy Young. Andy Young wrote a book yeah. on it. They're no. only on. A, I'm not. I'm not on Twitter. So, uh, of my top red, the only one who's listening to me is Miss. Is me missus, and she has a pain in her ass, born in the ears of. I so, yeah. And there was a few lads saying I was going around throwing it about on uh, Matthew Street last night. No such thing. That just get me into trouble. No, not at all. Not at all. She's on a boat home. He drove a boat home. He drove the Stena home. Um, yeah. Navigated it very well by all by all accounts. Grizz, anything else before we go? No, it's been brilliant. Um, we're back. Show is gonna like LFC's. I think Revenge Tour is back back on track. It's good yeah. to do. It's good to hear you doing the countdown again. I yeah, think I love the countdown. Be, this, yeah, the countdown is the best. I think yeah. we're back. I think. Um, I think let's bring on more and more wins and shows. The fat back four is going to be popping this season without doubt. Good stuff, right? That is it. That has been the Fatback 4. Don't forget to check out in the description of this video um, the link for Sienna and, of course, um, that appeal that we're trying to help her out with and get her to St. Louis in America in November for life-changing treatment. Um, you can donate one, one, one euro by virtually buying a ticket to Anfield or you can go into the GoFundMe and give as much as you want there. But um, please share. That's the main thing. Absolutely share and share and share and try to help this girl out. Um, that's probably the most important message to come out of every show that we do um, from here right until that girl gets treatment, okay? Um, but that's being it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for the comments. Um, don't forget to hit a like on the way out if you haven't already. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And thanks a million for all the comments tonight. It's been amazing. Grizz, Shawnee, Keith, um, you're off now to look in your WhatsApp groups because it's been absolutely hopping. Um, uh, <laughs> I know it's been hopping because it's smirking in your face for the last 45 to 50 minutes and um look let's just go and see what joe Walsh is up to over and out sports social podcast network